Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight for us to be with you again. We want to thank all our listeners uh, that are tuning in at this moment uh, to hear and, and continue with our Bible study. And that's what has me excited today on this Thursday, now Thursday, May the 14th of 2020. And uh, we're getting close to the end of the week, but uh, I think we're <laughs> we're just digging in into the Word of God. We've been in the book of Genesis, making the connections with the, the book of Revelation and things that God is revealing to us. So I'm excited about God's Word today and always a pleasure to be with the panel. Uh, Brother Fernando, Brother Marty, as always, it's good, uh, good to come to you uh, and, and, and study the Word together with all the people that are listening. So without further ado, we want to give all the time that we can to the study of the Word Brother Marty, I'll leave it with you. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be back again today. Uh, and we're looking forward to picking up our study where we left off yesterday. We were in some very uh, interesting places in the Word, and, and we want to continue to look going forward. We have been exploring uh, what is meant in Genesis, excuse me, in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5, where the Apostle John reveals in the book of Revelation <clears throat> the the birth or the advent of of the one we call the antichrist and that led us in our studies all the way back to the beginning because we asked the question uh have we ever seen this kind of a character uh emerge before because the bible has a principle that as it was in in the beginning so shall it be in the end he declares the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end and even king solomon told us that there is nothing new under the sun and that which uh, has been is that which shall be and so we take these 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 understandings and these principles and these keys and and we begin to explore the things of the lord i just want people to understand that you know the things that we're looking at right now they can only be looked at by the permission of the lord really i mean we could we could bring you information we can talk to you about all kinds of tantalizing and crazy stuff but that's not our purpose. It's not to, you know, to sensationalize or, or anything like that. We really sincerely believe that we have entered into some times that um, <clears throat> that are necessitating that we take a fresh look and a perspective of Scripture that maybe many of you have never heard before. But we believe that God is revealing His Word as He never has before and that we can, as the children of God, those of you who, who are students of the Word or would like to be deeper students of the Word, that's our endeavor, really, is to, is to by the Holy Spirit, we pray, first and foremost and exclusively, magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what we're going to get in today, again, is, uh, is along these lines. We're, we're exploring the origins of the Antichrist, and we believe he is soon in the not-too-distant future to rise and 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 be made known to the whole world, and so we 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 are exploring in 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 that vein uh, the things that happened before. You know, has the world ever been truly unified before? Because that's what the Book of Revelation speaks of: that the world is headed towards a global system, a global police state, also a global political state, and an ecumenical global culture that is driven by the one that is known as the false prophet, Revelation 13, 11. But before 
uh, we explored that person, we have been exploring uh, the uh, the origins and the advent of the Antichrist. And that's what we're going to look at as we continue in our studies today. And in order to do that, we're going to continue to look at what we were looking at yesterday and where we conclude, I think, will astound you, as it has me. <laughs> and many of the things that we're looking at, you know, as brothers in the Lord, Brother Fernando, Brother Jeremy and I, we've been discussing these things for many, many, many years. But it, it, it seems as in, in just the last several months, especially, and the conditions that we find ourselves in right now, uh, a world that is moving at rapid speed towards, uh, towards a global system, a global surveillance state, a global political making body. All the things we've been discussing over the last several weeks are, are being accelerated. And as a result, like we've said before, <clears throat> when we look at scripture, it's not like it's not like we're reading the newspaper and then trying to find it uh, in the Bible, uh, you know, and try to like piece together some kind of a teaching. The Bible has to be the, the lens by which we examine our times. And that is why we are, you know, alerted right now and probably at a more heightened sense of spiritual uh, uh, understanding by the Spirit of God than we ever have been in our lives. And we think that God is doing that to many people around the world, his children. And so let's return to our subject from yesterday. We we explored uh, some things, and, and, and we came to the plains of Shinar. That's where they built the Tower of Babel, and we're going to explore that again. And, and we're headed uh, toward, uh, toward, toward something that I think is going to, to really astound you, like I said, as it has me. Uh, Brother Jeremy, could you read to us uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 2, and then go to verse 8? And read that too, please. Yes. And it came to pass that as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Verse 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. So this is where we were yesterday. We We discussed... Uh, the ancient past and, and what happened there in 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 Genesis chapter 11 verse 4 could you read that brother brother Jeremy yes and they said go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth Amen. So what we see that they were doing, and this is post-flood, this is after the flood of Noah, and and uh, we talked about in, in the last two podcasts, they had a leader over them by the name of Nimrod. And as we discussed in the previous two podcasts, and we encourage you to go back and listen to those if you haven't, um, something occurred in the life of Nimrod that appears to be uh, something that was tied to opening a dimension by which he was completely transformed as an individual. He ceased being Nimrod and really just simply became a shell of uh, uh, his body was, was all that was left. It appears that he became uh, a, a Nephilim. And you can go back and listen to it because we break it down quite extensively. But he opened a portal. He opened a dimension by which an ancient spirit came and took possession of his being. The Bible using the language that he began to be 
In other words, he he changed from what he was and came into existence as a different being, uh, human, but but merged with an ancient entity or the spirit of it, at least. And the Bible says he began to be a mighty hunter. And we talked about those words uh, being the same words that that Moses used when he when he gave us the account in Genesis six of the Ben Elohim. Uh, taking wives of the daughters of men and the children that were produced were mighty men of old, the men of renown, the giants of old. That's the same language that's used to describe when Nimrod uh, came into existence as a result of his great rebellion. And what he did caused him to be altered just like the, the men of old before the flood. Now, this is on the other side of the flood. And once Nimrod becomes this mighty hunter before the Lord, he takes upon himself the persona of the Antichrist we've been discussing here, this rebellious one. Because when it says he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, and you can find that in Genesis 10, uh, 8, 9, and 10, uh, it, it literally means he began to boast himself against God. He began to shake his fist in the face of God. He began to exhibit the very same kinds of characteristics that we're told shall be exhibited in this final antichrist figure that emerges in revelation chapter 13 verse 5 and so he begins to lead a contingent remember when they came over on the other side of the flood the boat rested that is noah's ark on the mountains of Ararat. and what we are told where brother jeremy uh began reading this this morning was that it came to pass that they journeyed from that place they set out led by nimrod a group or a contingent of, of him and his people left that geographic territory where the world had been reestablished, so to speak, after the other side of the flood, you know, because the world began to be repopulated and so forth and so on. And so they broke up. Uh, it appears that Nimrod led a contingent of, of, of people, not all of them, but <laughs> a good portion of them that, that went with him. And it says that they, they began to journey uh, from the east, which is, you know, the, the geographic location is identified, which they left. And they began to head west, really, in a way. And, and they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And that's where they decided to stop. And we talked about what that meant yesterday. They didn't just leave to go take a vacation, right? I mean, they were leaving with a particular purpose. And remember this. The Bible identifies them as having one language and one speech, and and they're being led by this incredibly uh, crazy guy named Nimrod, right? Who who is quite possibly a hybrid, and quite possibly filled with an ancient spirit. He succeeded in 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 becoming a vessel of darkness, and they set out on a journey. And we talked about that journey yesterday. And where it says that they found a plane, this is very interesting. We're going to come back this, to this um, uh, later in our study as we conclude today, and you're going to see something really astounding. But the word found a plane indicates that they were looking to acquire something. They were looking for a particular geographic location on the planet in order to do something. And what they wanted to do, as we as we read uh, in in verse uh, four, was that they wanted to build a city and a tower. And we talked about that yesterday. And we'll look at that. Uh, first of all, 
again, remember, these are one people, one language, one language, one speech. That's how the Bible talks about it. And that's interesting to note that because the language uh, represents what you can hear with the ear. That's the spoken language. But when it says one speech, what it's referring to is text or or an alphabet or a system of writing or records. So they were both able to communicate by 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 audio or verbal speech, but they also had records and and uh, and a, and an already developed system of writing. So the two was one, and it's very important, which we'll see a little bit later why that is. So what they wanted to do was was uh, was build. They said, "Let us build." So what we know by that is it was a unified world or, or a unified population of people that set off with Nimrod. And, and we talked about yesterday, remember, the word build. What the word build means is, is from the Hebrew word, the word bana, right? It means to build or to rebuild or to obtain children. And it can also mean a place built to return exiles. And we discussed that yesterday. What they were actually attempting to do was to, was to build something that could cause uh, an opening to take place, whereas, and we, again, go back and listen to the podcast, that would allow the once uh, fallen angels to once again come back into the dimension of the earth. That's what they set out to do. That's why they were looking for a particular place. It had to be a specific place. It had to be a place uh, that was conducive to what it was they were going to do. So it wasn't just any place that was satisfactory. They set out to build something. And in the building of this, what they were intending to do was reopen a stargate, if you will, to reopen a dimension that had been shut as a result of the judgment of the world that then was the world of the flood. There was two things they wanted to do, right? They said, we want to build a city and we want to build a tower. And we looked into that yesterday and we discussed how the word city comes from the Hebrew word ayr, spelled I-Y-R. And literally the kind of thing they wanted to build first was a city. And the city, uh, the word ayr means a guarded place or an awakened place, a watch. So the, 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 the sense of the meaning of the word city gives us an indication of what it was they were after. They were attempting to build a place that never shuts down. <laughs> it's just wide awake and, and a place right. that would be guarded. It's a military kind of city. It's a city specifically designed uh, to, to, uh, to impose, um, to be a centralized place that could impose um, an aggressive military-like action in case of threat. And so coupled with that city, which they wanted to fill with people that were completely militarized, if you will, or awakened, uh, was a tower. When we talked about the tower, the word tower is migdal, which means a castle, a tower, a pyramid, or a pyramid-like structure. And so that's what they set out to do. That's what they did. They came to the plains of Shinar. Remember that phrase, the plains of Shinar. It'll, it'll, it'll play in at the end of our study here. And now they come to this place, this particular geographic location, 
They build this city. They build. They begin to build this tower, and and what they began to use to build the tower. We talked about it yesterday, because what they wanted to do right away when they get there in verse three is they begin to assemble the technology, if you will, necessary to build the tower. That's that's modern day language to describe what they said. Let's make brick. Let's burn them thoroughly. And let's use this brick for uh, stone and slime they had for mortar, uh, which speaks of a water source as well. And these are all keys, and they will play out in our time. And I believe they already have, and we're going to get there in a second (laughs) or a few minutes. So they they build, they use the brick for stone. And as we talked about yesterday, the, the term, let's burn the brick thoroughly with fire, as we dug into those words, uh, we, we saw what they were actually saying was that we want to we want to uh, uh, make these bricks into uh, an altar because that's literally what the brick term means in the Hebrew is it, it is it, it is brick that has been fired to the point of turning white and 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 chemically and structurally bound and sound for the particular purpose of becoming the building blocks that will become this massive mountain, this tower uh, that they go on to say they want the top of it to reach all the way up to heaven. So that the actual structure they were building wasn't a tiny little thing. This was a massive thing. When you read the, the writings of Josephus, some, some scholars say that what he describes there about this tower is that the base of it was, was quite possibly uh, one or two square miles at the base. This was a massive thing. And so they were using these bricks, but each individual brick was dedicated so that when it was placed together with the other bricks, it would become a giant expression of worship, an altar, a tower, or a mountain-like structure, a pyramid-like structure that would reach into the sky. And for what purpose? They said, so that we can uh, build it so that it will reach unto heaven whose top the very top of it is reaching unto heaven now that word uh heaven is shamayim so what they were attempting to do was to build this structure in the plain a mountainous structure that could literally reach into shamayim which is the visible arc of the sky that's what they were saying this thing is is going to be built uh in order to to penetrate the arc of the sky they wanted to have access to the solar system. <laughs> they wanted to access the planetary bodies. And even beyond that, in defiance, uh, which hints at their aggressive nature, all the way up to the abode of God himself. And now, uh, Brother Marty, Brother Marty, uh, and we have to understand again that this occultic information or knowledge that was passed down through Ham, um, down to Cush, to, to Nimrod, um th- this this knowledge was given to them by according to the book of enoch and and uh, we know that the book of enoch is quoted in scripture uh it was taught to them by fallen angels uh, one of the things that were taught by the fallen angels to mankind was astrology so the location of this tower uh had to do with the with the connection or the movements of the planets and the stars um right and and to open up this this stargate or a portal of source to to summon or allow these powers of darkness to uh 
uh, filled the earth. So we have to understand how dark and occultic um, what, that was take, what was taking place in those days. And, and that's information and knowledge that was taught to them by fallen angels. And it's information and knowledge, occultic knowledge, that is alive and well today. So we, I just want to leave that for the listener and, and uh, just want to throw that information in there. No, and that's a very important point because as we get into the book of Revelation today, uh, near the end of this study, we're going to see exactly what you're talking about. Because when we read in the book of Revelation, just prior to the Antichrist being revealed in Revelation 13:5, Revelation 13, 3 and 4 talk about the worship component that precedes the, the unveiling of the Antichrist. In Revelation 13, 4, let me just read that real quick so I can't assume that everybody knows what we're talking about here. But what you just said sure. is absolutely correct. Um, notice what, what it says in Revelation 13, beginning with verse 3. It says, And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death. We were, we were talking about that yesterday. That head uh, is, is quite possibly uh, this system that we're talking about right now of the ancient time, headed by Nimrod. And and his right. deadly wound was healed, and all the world wonders after the beast, and they worship the dragon. There's the worship component you were talking about, these uh, the occult nature of what they were doing. Uh, the worship of the dragon, which gave power to the beast. They worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? So in in that sense, it's... And, and just just for the purposes of our discussion here, that very first question, who is like unto the beast, seems to indicate or could allude to that the population of the planet at this time uh, is unfamiliar with this beast. It's not like anything they've ever seen before. Although John right, reveals right, it's right. actually, right, it's actually a, a full manifestation of all the world empires and and all the spirits that have led those world empires throughout human history but this final generation that witnesses the rise of the antichrist is going to ask that question who is like him we've never seen anything like him so it, it indicates a difference uh, or, or or a lack of knowledge of of maybe his previous existence which is what we're pointing to at the beginning of this teaching is that he did exist before they just aren't aware of who he is. And then they say, who is able to make war with him? So what do we see here? The worship component begins to ultimately give way to producing him, which is verse 5, and there was given unto him a mouth, right? That's where he be takes on a human form, if you will, or merges with humanity. And that's what you're talking about is that this ancient knowledge passed over. Uh, you talked about the yeah. book of Enoch. Jude crosses, uh, quotes Enoch, uh, where he, he quotes him and talks about the angels leaving their first estate. He talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. He talks about gave, uh, Michael and, and Satan, very interestingly so, fighting over the body of, of right. Moses. <laughs> right. And remember, we've had these discussions before, like, what in the world is that about, right? Like, why would the devil be so interested in the body of Moses? Well, I mean, we can speculate, right? Because if he was right. to take possession of the body of Moses, can you imagine the destruction he could have he could have uh, 
inflicted on the children of Israel than the world that then was. Oh, wow. And, and, and that's what we have seen throughout history uh, that he's attempted to do, right? Apparently, it was successful in measure with Nimrod because he became a, a, a type and a forerunner of the one that ultimately John reveals will be revealed in the not too many dis- yeah, days in the future. Go ahead. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Um, and I don't know if people uh, grasp that what, what Jew talks about that uh, Michael and Satan contended for the body of Moses. Why? Yes. The question is why? <laughs> because that's always what Satan has intended to do. He's always sought a body to inhabit. Think about that. And you're right. Imagine yeah. if he would have got a hold of Moses' body. I mean, Israel right. was rebellious as it is. I mean, they would have <laughs> right. they would have made a they would have made a god out of Moses, right? And 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 and, uh, and would have brought further destruction to themselves. So uh, this yeah. is in, this is in the book of Jude. So pay close attention to what we're talking about. Okay, this is what yeah. Satan has always intended to do, and this is where we're headed. Yeah, and it's really fascinating because. Because remember, uh, the angels are a different class of creature than we are. The the, the Ben Elohim, the the whole a class of creature uh, entities, uh, the blessed angels, the, the the seraphim, the cherubim, you know, this whole structure of the angelic hosts. You know, we call them angels, but really you can break them down into many categories. The Bible speaks of of uh, principalities, powers, rulers. I mean, there's all kinds of creatures, apparently, but none of them have the privilege and the honor that has been given to humanity. And that is that humanity, as God said in the garden, is created. He says, let us create man in our image. And so when, when these entities behold humanity, and, and, and I don't claim to understand even how to describe this, but when they see us, they see a reflection of their creator, God himself, and the attraction right. to humanity. Why they're so compelled and drawn to this planet, and while they are drawn to the, to the, to the human race at large, is because the vessels they possess, that is humanity, that we possess, our bodies, are a reflection in the natural in some sort. And I don't claim to understand how that is other than what the scripture says, that in some sort we are a reflection of the creator. And in their fallen and, and, and aggressively distorted thought processes, they seek to inhabit human bodies. That's what Satan attempted to do. That's what the Bible says he accomplished in the garden. When Eve ate the fruit, and Adam ate the fruit, their eyes were open, they knew they were naked. But in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, a little more hint is given to us as what actually happened in the garden, where it says that the children, uh, uh, that the prince of the power of the air is the spirit that now uh, worketh through the children of disobedience. disobedience. In other words, the right. essence, right, the spirit of Satan himself is flowing collectively through humanity. It is how expression is given in the material world. Actions, thoughts, uh, that which is determined by the dark side is accomplished through the children of disobedience. the word that was used. The course of this world. Yes, the course course of this world. Yes. 
And and so it is the flow or the expression that happens in the world, all the death, all the destruction, all the sickness, all the disease, all the adulteries, the the abortions, the, the feveries, the idolatry, everything has to be expressed in the material realm on the planet through people or or some yes. sort of, right? And, and and so this is why they contend. This is what is so attractive to them. It is it is pride personified. It is ego at the highest level. But they will never be able, ever be able to merge themselves and remain uh, merged with a vessel that is created in the image of God. But that's what they attempt yeah. to do. And that's what they were attempting to do collectively as a hu- as a human tribe led by this antichrist figure as Nimrod in the beginning which we started out reading all were attempting he led them to the plains of Shinar and then seducing them gets them to build this mountain and now you reference the mountain because what they were actually attempting to do was to build their own mount hermon now, <laughs> remember right. when the when the Mount Hermon, like you said, was the place, according to Enoch, and and according to many many scholars, was the place where the fallen angels left their first estate, according to Jude. They left their first estate. Those of you who are serious Bible students know that that there were two giants that were mentioned uh, during the time of the children of Israel. One was uh, Sihon, and one was Og of Bashan. And Bashan is that territorial space, which is in the foothills and hills of Mount Hermon. That's where he hung out. He was an Anakim. He was a Nephilim. He was a refugee, whatever you want to call it. He was a giant. He was a hybrid. And, and, and Moses and the children of Israel not only killed Sihon, but killed Og. And if you remember, when they came into uh, Jericho, remember what Rahab said? We heard what you did to Og and to Sihon. Yeah. I mean, that it was it it because they were different they were different cats man I mean these guys were possessed of the devil they were Nephilim they were giants even Goliath had four brothers that were giants Goliath was a giant so we're not talking about some weird thing this is scripture and this is this is the attempt of demonic forces led by a, a fallen angelic hierarchy all throughout human history to 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 do this thing that they've been on a quest to do which is to uh to to dominate the human race but to inhabit and cohabit with it and produce their only their own race of an elevated god like creature but they utterly will fail and that's what they were attempting to do remember when they came over on the other side of the flood um the entire topography uh, of the planet had been changed it was complete you know and they, they they were in a particular location but they hadn't spread across the face of the earth yet but they had heard about the things that happened before. And it really got a hold of this one named Nimrod. And he apparently acquired the kind of knowledge necessary to at least in measure access uh, on his own individual basis, something that would cause him to become absolutely transformed and become a, a Nephilim himself. He changed, became a mighty hunter and was a boastful, arrogant, proud uh, fully possessed uh, human uh, creature, fallen, uh, possessed by an ancient spirit, which we believe, by the way, is a Apollyon or a Baden. But listen, so they were attempting 
to to rebuild the mountain. That's what this tower was all about. It, it, it's it's an attempt yeah. to to re, to reaccess what they had only heard about. You know, we heard there was this mountain in the times past before the flood, right? That's what they were attempting to do. But they apparently had with them the actual uh, manuscripts, if you will, <laughs> that were carried over on the boat. You know, because that's what the word means. One language. One speech, speech refers to writings and books in its basis, the uh, root elementary words in the Hebrew. It references books. That's why God uses that term. That's why he had Moses write it like that. The whole world was of one language, the spoken word, but also of one speech, the written word. And so it's quite possible they're carrying around this, uh, these advanced occultic-like uh, writings that, that gave accounts of these ancient histories and that's not something to uh to discount because we're told that uh in in the in the writings of josephus that that when the when the knowledge of the flood that was impending in in the future was coming uh that i believe it was uh i believe it was enoch or or one of his sons who wrote or seth i think it was seth he wrote on on a pillar of stone uh all the history of the world in case the flood came right uh or and and he was it brick where he wrote on a brick and he wrote on stone i forget how it was on, on a on a piece of wood i don't know what it was but it was a it was something that he recorded so that whether the lord judged by water or whether he judged by fire the the history of it would be preserved so writing has been around for a long time uh, but what's interesting is that when we go into the archaeological record uh, of today, what the scholars can't understand, as we were talking about yesterday, Brother Fernando, when you brought up the, the pyramids of Egypt, for example, it doesn't jive with the archaeological record. Uh, right. the, the, <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, but look, so what they were attempting to do was to both build a city and a tower and to create this new mountain with 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 incredible insight as to how to construct it and so they began to do that and that's what we talked about yesterday is this this got the attention of the lord himself god because that's what brother jeremy read in verse eight is that god comes down right this brings the full attention of the lord to bear and the lord comes down to see in verse five uh what it is they're doing it's not that he didn't know it's just bringing right. our attention to to how serious what they were doing really was right they he came down to see and 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 what he said to uh, to them was that uh let me just quote them brother jeremy would you read that in verse uh, uh five. five and six yeah yes it says and the lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded and the lord said behold the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. That's extraordinary uh, revelation by God to Moses, what he said. He, he, he said that nothing would be restrained what they've imagined to do. That's why he came down. And like Brother Fernando pointed out yesterday, this is way ahead of of, of, of their time. He had to stop it because there was much that needed to unfold throughout history. And he came in and particularly intervened to prevent 
what it was they were attempting to do, he, he it got his attention, and he said nothing uh, would would be restrained from them. Anything they imagined to do, they would be able to accomplish. And what was it they were attempting to accomplish, right? Let us make us a name. Remember what they said in verse 4? Can you read that in verse 4, Brother Jeremy? That whole... Yes. And and they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So they begin to reveal their motivation. They wanted to make themselves a name. They wanted not to carry the name of God in whose image all of humanity is made. They wanted to reaccess that merging of those fallen creatures uh, and, and open a gate for them to merge with them again and make their own name, have their own offspring created in their own image. This is satanic at such a level that, that it's just enough to say that, right? They wanted to be gods right. in their own right, in total rebellion and in rejection of the Lord. Yes, brother. Yes, and, and that language that he uses uh, in, in verse 5, and the Lord came down, is it, the same language that is used uh, when the angels came down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, the, the Bible says, and I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. And it's interesting because Jude tells us what that sin was. And the Bible says that the people gave themselves in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. And that's yes. and that's a and that's a connection to that strange flesh is is of another nature, right? Of, of of another being. And what's interesting, brother, is in chapter six of Genesis, we see the angels looking down on the woman, right? Yeah. But in the time of Nimrod in Sodom, it is it is Nimrod, it is the people of Sodom. Now they are going after that flesh, strange flesh. That, that's, chapter that's six. correct. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely that's right. A, and that's what we yeah. pointed out before, right? When when Jude talks about uh, going after strange flesh, the word flesh is, is the Greek word sark, and, and, and the word for strange is the word hetoros. Remember? Hetoros. And yeah. that, and many people think that what was being referenced there was homosexuality, but as we pointed out in in our podcast before, that that's not what they were talking about in 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 that uh, teaching we did on the mystery of the ten horns. We pointed out how that that the that the brother uh, who wrote the book uh, I forget what book it, it he in one of his commentaries on on Psalm eighty two he pointed out the sin of Sodom and he and he's a he's a Greek and Hebrew scholar and he said the words are different. The word for strange flesh, the word strange is heteros, uh, which is which is not yes. the word for uh if it was if it was human, uh, men with men, in other words, homosexuality, it would have been um the word homo, right? Which means man. Mm -hmm. But heteros means a, a, a different or or an angelic flesh, so to speak. So yes. uh, what you're pointing out is very true. Remember, it is interesting because like you said, is a really good point. In Genesis 6, we have the angels looking down, wanting to, to come into this dimension. 
The book of Enoch, like Brother uh, uh, Fernando was talking about, enlarges uh, and, and opens our understanding as to the conversation that, that, uh, that happened between this contingent of 200 high-order beings, angelic beings, that made the decision to leave their first estate, as Jude said, and come into the earth, come down into the earth. But what you pointed out, which is very, very powerful, is that by the time of Nimrod and the time of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's not the angels trying to penetrate the, the, the sphere of the world. It's, it's men trying to draw them into our right. dimension. And there's a reason for that, you know, because when the judgment came, we know that they were, they were chained with everlasting chains of darkness, right? God intervened and, and shut them off from having access. But these men, like Nimrod and the men of Sodom, they attempted to reaccess uh, and open a portal or a dimension to let those creatures out. That is absolutely insane, right? So, yeah, but, right. but it just—I mean, come on, man, right? I mean, couldn't you just watch the game and have some chips? I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you're yeah, dark Marty. dudes, man. No, that's exactly what they were attempting to do. And there's and, and scripture, you know, it, it speaks a lot about mountain tops, right? Um, yes. we, we see that the Tower of Babel was a mountain of sorts to open this, uh, you know, dark portal uh, to yes. invite these powers of darkness. But we also see like in Mount Sinai, it's where God spoke to his people. Right. right? It's it, and, and the Bible says that uh the the law was given uh through angels to a mediator to moses right ordained right. by angels to to moses so the law of god was given by angels to moses according That's to the right. book of acts i think chapter seven in galatians chapter three if you study yeah. it um so we we see the 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 contrast between uh uh you know when god speaks through his mountain and we see man's okay. mountain right um, and, and so forth and so on. And, and not just that, I was thinking of also, they were trying to build their own city, their own mountain. And I kept thinking about, uh, you know, uh, the new Jerusalem, which is the city we're looking forward to, right? Which yeah, has a yeah. mountain. It's called, it's called Mount Zion, where Jesus right. Christ will be the King of kings and Lord of lords. So we see yes. the contrast of, of evil, right? And, 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 and God's doing. Wherein, yeah. wherein dwelleth righteousness, right? So, so this is this is again, uh, the, the devil is trying to become or do something that he is not. He will never be right. God, right? No. Right. <laughs> but you know what's interesting and fascinating if you just think about that is that so corrupt is and distorted is 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 this high intelligent one. You know, he's he's the one who was sealed up the thumb, right? I mean, he was responsible right. for dissemination of the oracles of God. It is what Paul said was actually transferred and always meant for the children of God in 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 uh, Ephesians chapter three, verse ten and eleven, where he says that what Jesus did was to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers. Uh, might be made known by the church or through the church, by the Holy Spirit dwelling in the church, the manifold or multidimensional wisdom of God. 
And then he goes on in verse 11 to say, this, he says, is, was, and is the eternal purpose which God purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, right? So all of this kind of, of these scriptures are, are so deep. But when you begin to connect them, you begin to see that what we are involved in as the children of God and as well as the children of the devil, man, this is an ancient and, 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 and undateable ongoing unfolding of a, of a struggle that is leading to the birth of something marvelous and beautiful. Yes. And it's, and it's being resisted and has been being resisted for ages now, but it's culminating. It's beginning to culminate. We know it's the last yeah. days because God said so in the book of Hebrews, right? He said in the last days, God spoke in all kinds of different ways that he spoke through the holy apostles and prophets. He says, but I mean, the holy uh, prophets, he said, but in these last days, he calls them the last days he has spoken unto us by his son. Well, it's been 2000 years, right? But if you put right. that in connection with billions and trillions of years, quite possibly, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking as a man because, you know, we, we measure things by time. But the ages that have led up to this, Christ's appearance on the earth 2,000 years ago was a signal throughout all the domains and reigns of all fallen creatures everywhere. Your days are numbered. Praise God. Oh, praise praise God. God. So we are. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah, man. I feel his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. This is the, this, this is the resistance. The Apostle Paul, and where we started out in Ephesians chapter 6, right, he said, uh, uh, put on the armor of God. We wrestle not against flesh. We are being resisted. Yes. We are being resisted by these powers of darkness. Because at the end yes. of the day, it's what they're talking about. It's, 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 it's the battle of two seeds, two, two kinds of sons. Yes. Uh, we, have, wow. we have the sons of the devil the children of disobedience, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, and we have the sons of God, right? Yes. Those who are redeemed, those who are bought with a price, those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That is who yes. opposes us. It is these children, the spirit that works through these children. And that's where, where, it's, where it's heading to. That's the culmination of this, right? Yeah. So this and you is, know, when you said that... What it's all about... Amen. And, and when you said that, Brother Fernando, uh, it made me really think about uh, what what I'd just like to share for like 10 seconds here is that to the pastors and to the preachers and to the evangelists and teachers and whatever you want to call yourself, man, this is why it is so vital that you become men of prayer and men of study that know the word, because you know, the people are the sheep of God. They belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. They are his children. But if you dare to take to yourself the holy word of God and proclaim yourself to be somebody that has been called of God, then you need to understand something. You are standing in the gap over those people that God has right. put you in charge of. And because yeah. many of them have abrogated that position and and, 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 and walked off the uh the, the the prayer bench, if you will, left that burden of response. You are meant to stand there and fight for your people because they belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a good Hallelujah. soldier, he told Timothy, you're supposed to endure hardness as a good soldier, not entangling yourselves with the affairs of this life, right? But serving him completely. 
And because you've removed yourself for many decades now, the ministry has failed in that calling. And as a result, we have the mess that we have now. We have, we have churches filled with people that are so bound and aren't even saved, and they think they are uh, being shepherded by pastors that are nothing more than hirelings giving them the kinds of teachings that they want to hear. This is why this is such, this is being so magnified in our time, because we're reaching the conclusion of these things. So when you ask, why are we back here in Genesis? Because what we're about to see is, is where we are now and just how close we are. Remember what we're talking about here, because the Bible tells us that we're going to return to this again. And, and it will be a new Nimrod, so to speak. His name is, is what we call the Antichrist, that son of perdition. The Bible calls him the wicked one, the, the angel that ascends out of the bottomless pit. And so they want to make themselves a name. They want to reject the image of God in which they are created. And they want to merge themselves with these beings, these fallen angels, and they seek and sought to open a, a, a portal to create a city uh, uh, and not just one or two people, but an entire world uh, represented by Nimrod and, and, and those he led completely and fully controlled and meshed together, merged together uh, with, with these fallen ones. So what did God do, right? He comes down and he confounds their language. It's so interesting how God did what he did. You know, he could have just like sent lightning bolts and killed them all, right? Or opened the earth and swallowed them or, you know, <laughs> just burned them to a crisp. That's not what he did. Right. He, he confounds their language so that they couldn't understand each other. That's what they speak. And he also confounded their speech, their written language, the account or the books that they might have had with them that, that gave them the, the instructions necessary to even construct such things. He, he, note what he does. He, 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 he confuses their ability to write and their ability to communicate. And this is why even archaeology, like we were talking about today, when they look at the, at the ancient languages, what they discover is, is that the languages begin as this kind of like you know, chicken scratch on the ground. It becomes rudimentary to them. They say, and 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 that's why modern men marvel at the what we were talking about earlier, but but was uh, at the contradiction of the great megalithic structures that we see spread across the planet, like the pyramids and the like. Right? It doesn't make sense to archaeology because they're like, how in the world were these things created? when we have a record here that shows that these guys were nothing more than hunter gatherers, right? That's what they say about yeah. it. But right. you, that, <laughs> that, was that was wrapped up in what God did. When he com confounded the languages and the writing, their ability to write and communicate as one, it, it, it reduced the high technology and the high knowledge that was carried over on the other side of the flood to nothing to like starting over. And so they begin to spread out across the face of the earth. And that's why the archeological record shows, you know, these bricks and stone tools. And, you know, they were trying to relearn technology. And that's why it looks so crazy to these modern day scientists who look back and go, we don't understand how these people, you know, they couldn't have been the ones who built. That's what they say, right? But who did it? We don't know, you know. That's what happened. So, the so it's quite the possibly, technology. it's quite, yeah. No, it's quite possibly from what you're saying that the technology they had uh, in the days of Nimrod 
leading up to the days of Nimrod was far more sophisticated than the technology we have today. It has to be because you're speaking about you know uh, all these all these large uh, evidence uh, littered throughout the earth of of, of, of these structures, right, that we don't have the technology for. Now, it's hard for someone that listens to fathom because, you know, we think in our day and age, we're so sophisticated with our phones and cars and, and you know, airplanes and things of that nature. <laughs> right. But, but right. again, there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. right. It, it just, it's, it's like the Lord just halted the, the, the development of, of the, the, uh, sophisticated technology that was being done in that day um, and man had to relearn it again. And it's, yeah. probably, it's one of the reasons I think that the, the Lord uh, cut the day short of, of, of man's uh, life or lifespan because, uh, because of its, uh, man's ability to learn how to do evil and systematically destroy itself in doing so. Think about that now. That's- that, and that's all really, these that's, things, all no, these things were taught were taught to mankind by these ancient spirits. Yes, that's right, and that's what we're told, right? Is that they they began to teach? They taught them how to make weapons. They taught them how to, uh, like you said earlier, how to follow the the astrological signs in the heavens. All this stuff, man. But all that was recorded. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's. And it's and that's why he confounded the ability to record, to write. The speech and the language was confounded by God. It is it is very possible that those the copies of those things, um, the, the 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 knowledge that was recorded of of the history that was pre-flood, that was brought over on the ark. And it's possible that in this confounding of the languages that they even lost the ability to read what had been recorded from the ancient times. They didn't right. have a Rosetta stone, right? I mean, they were literally, they were literally yeah, just, yeah. they, they started going, my God, they got dumb, you know, they got stupid. You know, and, and they began to, to, to just kind of congregate with people that could kind of, you know, grunt and, and growl like, <laughs> like them, right? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's incredible what he did. And that is why we have this, what we were just talking about, why we have this disparity between the great structures of the ancient world and the kind of people that we discover when we dig in the earth and see their pottery and their rudimentary tools. The technology and the understanding of it and how to produce it and how to work with it disappeared at this time. God confounded them, and they just kind of went away mumbling together and populated the earth, right? So, yeah, but but brother but, brother Marty, is is there a connection here then? If if that not, if that um cunningness was halted, is is there a connection here? Do you see it in Daniel twelve four when he says, "But thou, Daniel, when he says, right, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased." But it, it could mean in both ways in terms of perception, skill, knowledge, understanding of these ancient things that happened, brother? Does that make sense? Yes. Well, that, that yeah. But in a much more sophisticated level, because he, 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 he also uh, implies their uh, travel, right? The ability yes, to yes. move to, to and fro. 
So what he was revealing, yeah. and that's an excellent point. That's a good place to, to launch because that's where we're headed right now as we get close, get ready to close. Um, it, it, this is what this is what you just quoted, Daniel chapter twelve, verse four. I think it is. Uh, he he's being revealed. The prophet Daniel is having revealed to him that not only will the knowledge base explode, but but the ability to travel will 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 met, metamorphosis into something that Daniel had never seen before that he did yeah. that that wasn't in his day you know it, it, he so he said when you see the two come together daniel that's the time of the end mm. not just the last yes. day but the time of the end and in that daniel chapter 12 verse 10 we're told two groups of people begin to emerge it's called the wicked and the wise right he said none of the wicked yeah. are going to understand what's going on <clears throat> but the wise will right and 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 they'll be tried and purified and made white but they'll understand what's happening and that is why we we believe that what we're talking about now and have been for the last several weeks uh much of it we've discussed as brothers and and, and brothers in the lord for for years but we'll have to admit that what we're seeing and what's transpiring now is as if another switch has been flipped and suddenly the scripture is alive like it's never been before I mean, and, and yes. so we we believe that it, this is that time. And so yes. ever since then, ever since that, what we were just talking about, the confounding of the languages, the the the, the reducing of the writing skill level to rudimentary levels, the, the, the breaking off of the populations into nation states, all of it from that point on, the quest has been, has always been since that time, to return to the past. Not the past of, of rudimentary existence, but the past before even that, where it does appear, like you guys were just saying, that the technology, the technology and the ability uh, that men possessed before this confounding of the languages, and uh, what did they want to do back then? They wanted to be one world, one system, one leader, one hybrid people. <laughs> but the quest to return to that has been the story of rebellious men through history, right? From then on. Yeah. So now we've yeah, I think we can hurry here and 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 say, look, this 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 establishes that Nimrod Antichrist connection. Why? Because the Antichrist will attempt to do the same thing and will succeed. He is going to unite the world. That is what makes yeah. him different than all the leaders that have come before him, with the exception of one, Nimrod. So that was the yeah. only time, like you talked about yesterday, Brother Banana, that the whole world was united. I mean, we've had global empires in their geographic region, right? Whether it's Rome or Greece, or they, they pretty much were in that fertile crescent. You know, Rome got over into Spain and England, you know, but, but the whole world, that can only be said in yeah. one place in Scripture. The whole world was of one language and one speech, and that was the time of Nimrod. And so let's, let's go over to Revelation 13, 5 really quick. Brother so Jeremy, will you go over there real quick? <clears throat> Revelation 13, verse 5. Are you there? I got it right here. And there was given right. unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And like we read earlier, what, what we see there is like in at the time of the Tower of Babel in verse 3 and 4, right? In verse 4 says, they worship the dragon which gives power to the beast. So we see a worship component 
is involved and precedes verse 5 where this one becomes possessed he becomes possessed like nimrod of old he there's a transition of his being something happens and there's a worship component involved right verse 4 they worship the dragon boom verse 5 here's this mouth here's this guy this is uh, this is where the where the antichrist uh, as as it was said of nimrod began to be the antichrist yes yeah, that's uh, good that's this transformation and and, and 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 so we see the pattern repeating right only at the end of time yeah. so the worship appears to succeed right because in verse 4 it says they worship the dragon who gives power to the beast they worship the beast saying who's like this guy we ain't never seen a guy like this before right and 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 there's something striking about him what is it that they first say who's like him and who can who can fight with him that is such an incredible thing to say because that's what happened to nimrod right he 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 becomes a mighty man and then he's called a mighty hunter right which is a hunter for souls like brother jeremy pointed out who can fight with him (laughs) this is not like anything we've ever seen something has happened to this guy and 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 42 months is given to him so so we see that 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 worship was involved in revelation 13 4 just like worship was involved back then and then they appear to succeed uh or it appears to succeed in that antichrist comes into being and that's what we see in, in three and four and and we remember what we were talking about this tower they were trying to build was to open a portal read revelation 9 1 would you jeremy because that's the same yes. pattern repeated the same pattern is repeated in Revelation 9-1 at the end of time. We believe it's our time. Are you there, Brother Jeremy? Yes. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he, yes, yeah, so he opens a dimension. You know, he, right. and so it's almost like we're given the backstory here of how the Antichrist uh, comes uh, to be possessed, uh, the backstory is given in Revelation nine, where it, where because now we're to, we're told that the dragon gives him his power, right? And here we see a star fall from heaven, and and he's identified as a personality. He's called a he, right? And he has a key, and he opens a dimension, and he get, he looses this creature in nine eleven. Read verse eleven, would you? Yes, uh, and they had a king over them which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. This is interesting to me uh, for two reasons, that John chooses to use both Hebrew and Greek in describing him. The same name, but he gives him the name from the Hebrew and the Greek. And there are many scholars that believe that this, this person is going to be both Hebrew and Gentile, and I think that's why that's why John uses two names. But that's for another day. But notice what happens: he opens a he opens a dimension, and he he then be, he looses this creature, which I believe a case can be made that this is the same one that that had inhabited the body of Nimrod and has been shut away ever since. And 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 here he's let out. The dragon gives him his power, and the first thing he does is he goes and inhabits that wicked one. He becomes the son of perdition. He becomes that wicked one. He becomes the antichrist of Revelation thirteen five. And 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 so we have to ask, you know, are we returning 
Are we seeing it play out in our time? Is it possible what we're reading and everything we're discussing, is it being replayed? Has Babel and has the Tower of Babel begun to reemerge in our time? Yes. I think so. I really do. And, and, and this is where we've come to. And this is what I want to talk to you about uh, today as we close. A strange thing happened uh, as, we, as the 20th century began. And we, and we talked about this in our in our um, study of the the mystery of the ten horns that, that three part series we did, and we encourage those of you who are listening to go back if you haven't heard it. But when the 20th century uh, opened up in 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 that series we did on the ten horns, we we referenced that that what began to happen was was extraordinary. You had a merging of the occult and and science. And, and and it begins to emerge at a different level. Remember what Brother Jeremy just quoted in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. The angel Gabriel told the prophet Daniel that a signal to that final generation where the prophecies would begin to be unlocked and that generation of the wise, those who belong to the Lord and are, and are truly his children, that they would be the ones who would begin to understand the scriptures and what has been the mystery of the ages. That 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 and what would mark that generation would be that education, science, and travel, the modes of transportation would be vastly increased. That that would mark that generation. So it's interesting that as we came into the 20th century, up until then we'd had pretty much 6,000 years of history where men just either they either walked, they took a boat, or they rode a horse. Right? I mean that was about oh, yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> but. But as soon as the 20th century happens, we have that, that we have two things happen. We have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in 1906. The light comes in, in what many called the latter rain, if you will. And that, but we also had coupled with that uh, an unleashing of technological advancements. The, the industrial age began and, and, and the ability to fly, right? I mean, we started flying and for 6,000 years, as far as we know, uh, we had only walked, taken a boat, or rode a horse. But now, as we enter into the into the 20th century, we have uh, we have flight, we have uh, the industrial revolution, we have the steam engine, cars. I mean, all this stuff starts happening quickly. And what many people don't realize is that many of these technological and scientific advancements occurred in the scientific community. Uh, through through alchemy and and the mysterious dark arts merging <laughs> with with scientific thought and there was a, there was two schools of science that were emerging in the early and 20th century there were those who right. believed in a metaphysical component to technology's advancement when you get into the world of quantum physics and so forth and so on these guys were actually uh, in the same tradition of, of the alchemists of old, right? Those who were looking for that infamous philosopher's stone, right? The ability to take normal elements and turn them into gold. And this whole kind of transcendental, meditative, mystical, kind of metaphysical component that merged itself in the scientific community from the 1500s into the 20th century. But something unique took place in that it went to a different level and we talked about that. We talked about Aleister Crowley, right? The preacher's son who became known as the wickedest man who ever lived. We, we talked about Jack Parsons, the very scientist who founded JPL, right? Or that, that time period, uh, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. 
This is in the early 20th century. Even Nikola Tesla, those of you who are familiar with Tesla, probably the most brilliant man who ever lived, at least in the 20th century, even he talked about that all the discoveries that he made and many of the things that he invented, we're, we're using today in the area of computer advancements and technology, Wi-Fi, all that kind of stuff. Nikola Tesla invented that in the early 20th century. And, uh, and he claims that he received his information from beyond our dimension. He said that he was able to tune in to, to, to voices that were giving him the, the, the instructions on how to create all this stuff. And, and, and so, right. So, so exactly. So what I'm saying is, have we returned? Yes. Because what happened and it didn't happen all the thousands of years leading up to this. But as soon as we hit the 20th century, you began to have a merging at a different level of both science and the occult. That is, in essence, what Nimrod did. That is, in essence, what those people in the, in the plains of, of Shinar did. Now, now, remember, coming out of this occult practice, and I don't want to get into all that stuff. You can go back and listen to our series on the mystery of the Ten Horns, part three, where we got in depth into this. But but for those of you who remember, remember out of that, this Jack Parsons, who was a, a devoted follower of Crowley and created his own occult thing, he became uh, the person who founded the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And what is the Jet Propulsion Laboratory for? It's to reach into the heavens. It's where rocketry and all kinds of things were created uh, to, to pierce the veil of space. And, and and it's also in 1947 when this occult and scientific magic was, was being meshed in certain circles. Uh, we talked about it last time that after Parsons died, uh, it suddenly in 1947, we have what, the very world-famous UFO incident, right? The Roswell incident out of where Area 51 and all this crazy stuff is, is talked about. But also note this, that coming out of World War II, something else happened. In World War II, uh, it basically ended with the atomic bomb, remember? Uh, Oppenheimer and his boys over there in New Mexico, right? The Manhattan Project, that whole kind of stuff. All of this that Brother Jeremy was quoting is now being fulfilled in the early to mid part of the 20th century. And, and, and a lot of it had, was steeped in, in metaphysics as well as they were peering into multiple dimensions as they broke into protons, neutrons, electrons, quantum theory, all the things like this have their origin in many circles in, in metaphysics and alchemy. So you had a merging in the 20th century of, of, of metaphysics and science. Now, there's a whole group like Einstein and them guys. They, 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 were, they, did, they didn't want nothing to do with that. But there was a whole group as well that were, that were trying to merge the two and access dimensional reality. So we have the atomic bomb was, was the result of that. And even Oppenheimer, when he first exploded the atomic bomb, what did he say? I have, he quotes from the Bhagavad Gita, right? He quotes from the writings of, 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 uh, of Shiva, Vishnu, and all that, the whole Indian thing. He says, I have, I, I have become death, uh, the destroyer of worlds. A very interesting, famous phrase. He references Shiva. He references uh, the ancient uh, occult lore destroyer. of Hinduism, yeah. right? after he unleashes uh, this, this dimensional power called atomic energy that became the atomic bomb. Now, as we came out of the 40s into the 50s, some, an, another significant event happened. The Soviet 
union in the United States, they go into this Cold War, right? Because because now America has the atomic bomb and the Soviets, uh, they say, were given the information. And to be a counterbalance, this communist world begins to develop their own nuclear weapons, their own atomic weapons. And it launches the world into an aggressive, you know, thousand mile an hour headed in each other's direction. Right? They were just ready for an explosion to take place. But the Soviets used this technology uh, to develop a, a satellite program. And remember, they launched Sputnik in 1957. They launched Sputnik in October of 1957. And suddenly now mankind has pierced the ark and is now in the heavens. And, there, and, and we've got a satellite going around, around the earth. All it did was send forth a signal, right? You know, beep, beep. That's all yeah. it did at first in yeah. 1957. But this caused us here in the United States to just freak out, right? And so in a matter of, uh, let's see, that was October of 57. I think it was November, December. By January of 1958, three months later, we created something called NASA, the National Aeronautic and Space Administration. And they, the first thing they did, brothers, was they moved to take over that laboratory that was originally the, the, the brainchild of Parsons, that wicked occultist known as JPL. And NASA uh, took over JPL and it became the research and laboratory center for all rocketry and, and, and the wow. attempt to, to, to pierce the veil. Remember what we're talking about. Are we returning to that time? Are we building a tower to the heavens? And is there an occult component just as it was in the days of Nimrod? And and if it is so, and I think we're laying a good case here uh, that it is, <clears throat> then that means that we are nearing the time where dimensions seem to be, uh, are going to be allowed to be open as we're reading in Revelation 13, 5, that wicked one will be taken over. And we just read in Revelation 9, 1 and 9, 11, that the, that the way he's taken over is by a portal being open. A dimension will be open and they will be allowed to come forth. Now, now, now. Marty, talking... uh, and, and, and in the 1950s, you remember uh, the laboratory CERN was open. Uh, 1954. Right. That's right. So, Which is for what, uh, Brother Jeremy, Brother Fernando? What is CERN for? Specifically. Oh, God. It, it's it's it it accelerates particles, right? It, it it's it's a huge machine, but it's really it, they're trying to do. Um, uh, it's open up portals. That's what they're trying to do. They That's actually exactly have a, they, they they have a statue of Sheba. Uh, yes. Right outside their <laughs> their laboratory, and her her name is called the Destroyer. Yes. Uh, the, you know, so. a destroyer of worlds, right? That's what she is. She's a destroyer <laughs> of worlds. And, yeah, you can't make this up. No, and, and in 1954, right? That's when CERN was born. And their stated goal is, 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 is expressive. They say that what we're attempting to do is to open dimensions. Hopefully to let something out, they say, or maybe send something in. That's right on their <laughs> website. And so, yeah. so you're right. Good, good point. So, so this is where we begin to see striking parallels because we're still moving in this direction, right? But then something emerges. Remember where they went, Brother Jeremy? Uh, it, uh, where did it say they went? They went to build a city and, and, and a tower. Where? In the plains of what? Of oh, Shinar. Shinar. Can you look up that word Shinar real quick, Shinar? Yes, yes, I can. Oh, 
Tell me what it what it says it means. Right. Genesis Bush. ten ten. Oh, ten ten. Sorry about that. Was mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Shinar. The word it means Shinar, uh, right? It's the country of two rivers. Yes. That. that okay. Yeah, that's what I got. A country. It's a, it's a plain in Babylonia, a country of two rivers, and it's the ancient name for the territory later known as Babylonia or Chaldea. That's right, which is to what we know as modern-day Iraq, right? But notice, yeah, right. this is where the p- parallels begin to get incredibly striking and scary to me. Because <laughs> where they went and where they began to build this city and this tower was in the land of Shinar, the city of two rivers, in the plain. Right, and it is from there they began to first what assemble their bricks, right, and then even take it further, and they began to assemble their mountain, which was specifically designed to reach into the heavens and to merge themselves out of that same place they were attempting to merge themselves again with the fallen angels of old. But the land of Shinar, it's the missing piece. Because we've had this systematic unveiling of technology and science, but 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 Shinar became a land of two rivers, and, and and you can take this for whatever you want, but this is the final piece. This was the final piece. This is where God came down and destroyed them because of what they were attempting to do. But it's going to be allowed to happen. So I said, Lord. Is there anything like this right now? Because we've got, I got it. You know, we got the occult connection. We got the scientific unfolding. We got all this stuff. But where does it all come together? It comes together in the land of Shinar, which is a city of two rivers. And brothers, I started thinking about Silicon Valley. And I started doing a little research on it. And it absolutely blew me away because... Silicon Valley is situated in a plain or in a valley, right? That's why they call it valley, uh, between San Francisco and San Jose, right? You guys are from there. Uh, It's called Silicon Valley. It is then, to me, it is the missing piece. It's the most famous city in the world, really. Now, uh, it's the missing piece of of Babel. It seems to have been allowed to to reemerge. And why do I say that? And, And look at this. Shinar was called, and Brother Jeremy, you just read it, the the land of two rivers, right? Well, check this out. Silicon Valley is a land of two rivers. (laughs) I know I've lost my mind. It's a land of two rivers in a plain whose rivers are like Shinar. Shinar's two rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates, they they, they empty into the the Persian Gulf. Uh, There are two main rivers in Silicon Valley, the Sacramento River and the San Joaquin River, and and they empty into San Francisco Bay. (laughs) (laughs) So check this out. In 1946, this guy named Frederick Terman, he was the, the, the lead engineer of uh, 
uh, of students. He was the dean of engineering students at Stanford, Stanford University in Palo Alto, right? And Stanford University, Stanford was founded by Mr. Stanford. And the reason that in 1912, and the reason that Stanford was founded was because his son, uh, Mr. Stanford's son, he had sent him to Europe to, uh, to, to, to be highly educated in the schools of Europe. But his son died. He caught a disease over there and he died. And his father was so sad by this that in honor of his son and so that nobody would ever have to send their son across the ocean anymore, he founded Stanford University. It started because his son had died. And so Mr. Stanford starts Palo Alto, right? But you see, this is all happening. If you can see it, this is happening at the same time that Crowley's emerging, that, that the scientific community is moving. We were going into World War One, and then we come into World War Two. But the founding of Stanford was key. It was a university. And into that university comes this guy named Frederick Terman, who was a engineer. <laughs> and, and, and because of the wars, what began to happen, and because of the atomic bomb and the satellite and the space program, they needed technology in order to to reach the heavens and compete. Remember, they wanted to land on the moon and they wanted to, to, yeah. to like do all this stuff. They wanted to go up into heaven. Now, that's all kind of coincidental, except for the fact that like in the days of the Tower of Babel, there would be a centrified, unified place where the technology that then was, was allowed to, to, to begin to flourish to an extent that God had to come down and destroy it. And so when we ask the question, will it repeat? Well, I just find it incredibly, incredibly ironic that the same place that we now are trying to build our vaunted technological tower, if you will, to the heavens, uh, has come to rest in a place called Silicon Valley, which also has yeah. two rivers that empty into a gulf or the Bay of San Francisco, just like the land of Shinar was a city of two rivers in a plain that empty into the Persian Gulf. The geographic territory is strikingly the same and technology like they had mm. then is emerging in the same kind of geographic lo location. What was first, uh, you know, the, it was, <laughs> and check this out. So it was something like eight, thousand acres of land was owned by Mr. Stanford when he first founded this. But I, I but he gave uh so Stanford owned the land. And 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 what began to emerge out of the university under the guidance of Mr. uh, uh who who many people believe Terman uh is, is the father of Silicon Valley. They were training these young engineers and scientists, and then they would send them back east to MIT and Harvard and those places to do their research. And Mr. Terman said, why are we doing that? He goes, you know what we should do is create a place for our young, brightest minds on this side of the country and, and so that they can start businesses with all this stuff that they're inventing. This is in the late 40s, early 50s. And so that's how Silicon Valley was originally born. And you want to hear something? I know this is going to make people go, ah, oh, come on. You know what? <laughs> what they first began to develop was transistors, and that gave way to, like, semiconductors and then microchips and the, and the real rise of technology, which is completely tied to our space program and NASA. As a matter of fact, most of the funding for most of the businesses now that have flourished 
in our time in the 21st century out of Silicon Valley have come from the military industrial complex. Now listen to this, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that again, a Babel component, right? The mighty hunter, you know, all this stuff, man. So uh, this is interesting. So in order to create this place, this industrial park, if you will, where technology could flourish, this plain with two rivers, <laughs> he he bequeathed to, to Silicon Valley, what would become Silicon Valley, uh, several hundred acres of land where they would build the city, right, which is where the two rivers flow through it. But when I read this, I just kind of laughed and fell off my chair because I was like, you know what, people are just going to think I'm a, I'm a nut. But this is true. You go look it up. Uh, the number of acres he gave them was 660, or should we say 603 score, right? <laughs> wow, <that's> incredible. <laughs> wow. I know, I know, <laughs> but it's just kind of weird, yeah. right? So, uh, so, so the only thing we're we're missing is the is the final six, right? They, Silicon Valley was 660. But John said, here's the mind that has wisdom, right? Let him count the number of the beast. It's the number of a man. It's 600, uh, three score, which is 60, and six, which is the number of a man. So we're waiting for that. So what I'm saying is it's quite possible that what we have seen, if we have eyes to see it, is a return to the plains of China in Silicon Valley. The same group of of, of geographical uh uh, what's the word? Geographical you know, likeness to the plains of Shinar is there. You have the two major rivers emptying into a gulf, and you have technology emerging and a city emerging that has literally, like back then, sought to uh, control the whole world. And that's what they've done. Where where Babel failed, Silicon Valley has succeeded, and now they're seeking AI right artificial intelligence and like you quoted yesterday brother elon musk said what we're summoning the demon that's that's just crazy talk right summoning i mean that's just that's just a weird that you don't talk like that that's a cult talk right no yeah in 1976 there was also a man in in palo alto uh, everybody knows him steve jobs he was working out of his parents garage and he built the first apple one uh, the first Apple one, and when he showcased it and introduced it to the the heads in uh, Silicon Valley, the price it was bare bones that that computer uh, it was bare right. bones it, you know it wasn't what we have today this Apple phone right um, when he introduced it and I was watching a documentary on him um, and uh, and I stopped the documentary when I saw the price of the first Apple one you're not gonna believe this it was six hundred and sixty six dollars. <laughs> and 66 cents and, and, right. they, and they said that that he just liked numbers to be repeated that's why he chose that price we all know that's not the case and and it also said there it was on the magazine news article it said bite the apple 666 dollars <laughs> and 66 cents incredible yes. right? wow absolutely and, and, bite the, the apple. and think about this and look and look and look what what uh what we have today we have the merging of Google Analytics and the, and the ability with the iPhone to track every person. And they're merging together uh, during this pandemic. Uh, and they're saying they're doing that to keep track of people 
who might have uh, the virus, but we all know that's that's heading somewhere much deeper, right? But yes. this is the kind of uh, uh, technology that we're talking about, the ability to to uh, control a, a population, to a, a big brother kind of thing going on, right? This is what yes. we're talking about. It, it happened in the days of Nimrod, right? And I but think what's next it, is... It, so we can say it this way then, brother, right? Like 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 John said that they'll say, Who is like this beast? Who is right. able to make war with him? And then a mouth is given to it. See, <laughs> the system rises. The people will marvel that it's been healed because it, it is the return of the watchers, man. It's the return of the ancient high technology of the days before the tower was destroyed and the people scattered. That is the chief component of why the world has come back to one. They're seeking the singularity. They're seeking a merging. Remember what we said? They said what? Let us make us a name. That is the latest thing that's being talked about right now, isn't it? Transhumanism. They're talking about yeah. merging man with machine. They're talking about becoming gods, man. It's, it's all there. I don't know if your head's spinning right now, those of you that are listening. But you go back and listen to this, what Brother Fernando's saying, what Brother Jeremy's saying, what we're noticing is that 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 we have the final piece, if you will, of a return to a a plane of Shinar where a tower is being constructed, a technological tower that they are using all this information and scientific advancement coupled into one place that has geographic char uh, characteristics like it did at the Tower of Babel and Nimrod. And, and it, everything from the two rivers flowing into a bay, you know, like the two rivers flowing into the Persian, all this stuff where technology came to rest and where they had one speech, one language. We can all communicate again like we did then. And, and now we all have one speech. We have one speech, and we call it ones and zeros, right? Software, whatever you want to call it. The whole world is connected. The whole world has been returned, and it's all taking place in the in the valley of Silicon like it did in the plains of Shinar so many years ago on 660 acres, whose first massive, wonderful computer, <laughs> as they call it, built by Steve Jobs was... Six hundred sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, this incredible, is, right? Like you said, yeah, you can't make this up. And now they're pushing toward a merging between artificial intelligence and mankind becoming one. So the emphasis now is on 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 the globe and the heavens, right? Because what did they want to do back then? They wanted to uh, to break the arc of the sky. They wanted to go into the planetary bodies, into heaven. They wanted to open dimensions. All of this has come to rest like it did in the plains of Shinar, and it's emitting from Silicon Valley. Now, check this out. Like you were saying, brother, not only that, what, what companies have we seen emerge? Like you were saying, we've got Google, right, which rules the world, really. You've got Apple, which yeah. has all the devices. You've got Facebook, which has connected like two-thirds of the world. And then you have Amazon Web Services, right, which has created the first and most elaborate what they call cloud computing. <laughs> I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I mean, it's all there. It's all there, and it's been right. happening right before our eyes if we have eyes to see. So, yeah, 
I think Babel has returned, right? And 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 what they're ultimately gonna what they're ultimately gonna do, brothers. Uh, it, it, last time God came down, um, they weren't ready for it. But I think, and I'm just I, I I'm just speculating because Jesus revealed something to us. <laughs> wow, he said. He said, you know what, uh, they're going to see. He said, the powers of heaven shall be shaken, right? And he said, and they will. So let's take a look at that real quick, and we'll close uh, in a minute. Revelation, uh, Luke 21. Look what he says in Luke 21. And, and bear in mind, what we're because I know a lot, some of you out there are going, man, you lost me. That's all right. Go back and listen. And, and I, I think I think you'll see. Uh, when it hits you at three in the morning, you'll go, my God. No, I'm <laughs> so, look, uh, Brother Jeremy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. In Luke, Luke, Luke 21, can you read verse 25? Yes. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring. And then what happens, verse 26? Men's heart failing them for fear. And Why? for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Notice what Jesus says to us in verse 26. He says that men's hearts will begin to fail them for fear. Why? Because they are looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Is it any wonder, brother, that they're up there right now? I mean, what are we being told? This this president started uh, what he called the Space Force, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're militarizing space. And, right. and what are we being told? You know, there was like, I don't even remember how many uh, shuttle missions they were, but like 80% of them we never heard about. And suddenly we have this massive space station floating around up there uh, where, where, where Russia and, and, and the European Union and the United States, we got all oh, got astronauts up there, right? And we're monitoring the heavens. Now we're talking about uh, what the, uh, the, the FCC, I think it's called, it just did recently. They allowed Elon Musk to add an additional 40,000 satellites launched into, into space to create a, a net, a sky net, if you will, around the planet that they're trying uh, and they're saying will be the, uh, the, the thing that, that connects the 5G network around the world. So that it's not limited by brick and mortar. It's actually going to be, be being beamed down upon the planet. But you also have Musk saying, and they've, they're already well into this. They're trying to get to Mars, man. <laughs> they're trying to get to Mars. And we don't have time to get into it, but some of the origins of these ancient um, uh, folklores and mythology have a lot to do with Mars. And now you've got NASA talking about wanting to establish bases on the moon, and we're supposedly going to send a, a, a capsule to fly around the moon uh, next year in 2021. And 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 so, what am I saying? You've got the space force. You've got 
the heavens being turned into an incredible monitoring place. They're, they're pointing incredible. their scopes. They're, what are they doing? Jesus says that they're going in advance to see him approaching. Mm. That's what it means in verse 27. Right. They shall see the Son exactly. of Man coming. They're going to see. And I think they have an inkling right now that he's near. And, and they're, they're beginning yeah. to create a system in the heavens, which is what Nimrod and them boys wanted to do way back then in the plains of Shinar. Well, the plains of Silicon Valley have, for the first time in human history, made it possible. And now they're up there. And they're, they're, they're training their lenses. They're sending their probes. Uh, they're going to see him coming. I think they know he's coming. And I think that the majority of the population on the, place, on the face of the earth and 99, or, oh, no, I won't be that bad. 90% of those in, in the churches today have no clue. They're content with their, you know, Saturday afternoon movies, their, their mall shopping, their, their Instagramming and, and, and their TikToking and their tweeting and, and all the stuff they're doing, man, with their, with their, with their, you know, backslidden pastors and their crazy churches. And they have no idea what's been being constructed around them over the last 10, 20 years. And now in this pandemic, some of them are waking up going, wait a minute, what happened, Lucy? I mean, suddenly they're in a they're in a global right. society, man. They're in a global society, and 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 Nimrod is is on the rise. He's just ahead. He's just over the over the four. And you go tell Google you don't want them being in control, or you tell Facebook what you think about, or YouTube, or any. They control the whole thing. And and now they're right. talking like Brother Fernando talked about, right? We're going to have digital certificates. You're going to have mandatory vaccinations. You can't come out of your house. You got to do this. You got to Brother, it's on its way, and it's not only here on this planet, it's not only in the plains of Shinar or Silicon Valley, it's now in the And they're going to attempt, it seems to me, uh, to resist the coming of the Lord. Brother Jeremy, turn over to Revelation 19, because that's what's revealed. In Revelation 19, this is, this is what they will try to do. Are you there? It brings a, it brings yeah, a whole yeah. new meaning to... Uh... Space Wars, right? We think of Star Wars and Star Trek, but that's that's Star really <laughs> what, what we're doing now. You know, I mean, you got a man sitting behind a desk controlling a drone huh? or yeah. a, a, a satellite-guided missile. Right. You know, we're talking about satellites <laughs> in outer space. I mean, this is, well, that's this what, is you know, it's what the word says. They right? shall make war against yeah. the Lamb. Right? Yes. That's what it says, brother. Read, read it. All right. Are you there? Uh, yeah, Jeremy? chapter 19. Yeah, what verse? Uh, verse uh, 19. What does the beast chapter. do? What is this? What does this Nimrod try to do and, and his, his hordes? And 19, I saw the beast. It says, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat right. on the horse and against his army. That's insane, right? I mean, but that's what yeah. he's saying. Remember what Jesus revealed in Luke 21? They're going to see me coming. They're going to see me coming, and 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 they're going their hearts are going to begin to fail. But but they're going to be led by this wicked one, and they're going to see him coming, and they're going to turn their weapons on the Lord, and they're going to try and and fight against him. They're going to try and 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 bring him him down. But but the, but what does the Bible say in verse twenty? 
for Brother Jeremy. Verse 20. Okay, it says, And he and the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And read me chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan. And he binds him a thousand years, casting him into the bottomless pit. He shuts him up, and he sets a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years be fulfilled. After that, he will be loose for a little season. We don't have time to get into that. But here we see the portal, the dimension closed. We see the beast, the false prophet, and the armies and kings of the earth referencing those ten kings, the mystery of the ten horns. All of them will attempt to fight the king of kings and the lord of lords. You know what's awesome, brothers, is the Bible says that he will consume him with the brightness of his coming. Darkness mm. cannot ab- abide light. And he will, he, will de- he will destroy him with the spirit of his mouth. He, 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 ain't, he don't even have to lift a hand. All he has to do totally. is speak it. Because yeah. <laughs> all power Hallelujah. in heaven and earth belongs to him, right? We are headed to some incredible days ahead. I believe the Tower of Babel and and the plains of Shinar have reemerged in Silicon Valley, and I think that we are seeing what ha- what we have been witnessing actually has all been leading to this. It's not too many days ahead from now. We need to be ready. We need to be pressing in. But understand, like Jesus said, though men's hearts are failing them for fear of what they see coming upon the earth, for, for they'll see the Son of Man coming. The powers of heavens will be shaken, and the Son of Man will be coming in the clouds. He says, but when you see these things, yeah. the Holy Spirit begins to reveal these things and open your eyes, church. He says, you you stand up, you plant your heels squarely in the ground, you lift them shoulders and you look up because the King of Kings is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to put an end to all this madness, all these dark, wicked people, all these you know, horrible demons and angels out there, all going to be done away with. And God will give this planet to his children, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Any final thoughts, brothers? I think we said it all for today, right? (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) You know, either that or or we can go back to to, to speak sermons on three points and a little uh, conclusion, right? (laughs) A little tap dance, and, uh, a little yeah. tap dance and some hair gel, right? We'll just do that. Yeah. <laughs> some spiky, spiky hair, hair gel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. But this is powerful. This is powerful. We we praise God that um these things are being revealed, and um and, and it does. You know the, that's what Daniel speaks about an end time generation who's going to seek after God, you know. And I think it's appropriate to, to end that way. I'm just going to read that verse that you quoted, Brother Marty, and uh, I believe it was in uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 10. And I think yeah. it's appropriate as, as we end this uh, podcast. 
Um, let me read from verse 9. And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So, there's the two types of people, those that are going to be purified and are going to understand. And those that will continue to do wickedness, they shall not understand. But thank God that he's revealing these unto those, to the generation that is hungry for him that shall seek yeah. him. We thank God for this podcast. We pray that you have been blessed. Um, and uh, we, we hope to see you tomorrow, Lord willing, as we conclude our week on Friday. And I know that God as always, has something fresh manna to give us. May God bless you. May God keep you. And keep looking up.